podcast, the completely unscripted photography podcast. It's unscripted. Unscripted. Can you hear me, Don? And I'm unscripted, so that's not my key to come in. <laughs> okay, you can you can talk now. Okay. All right, so you uh, you felt it was a good idea to talk about an artist statement thing because I you know when I do the interviews with everybody, I suggest they put in an uh, like, you know an artist bio or a statement or something. Some do and most don't. Okay, but the thing is like what here a simple idea of what an artist statement is is if you are focused on what you're doing in all aspects, if you're focused on what you're doing, your eye, heart, and mind, then what that does is it pulls your intent. So what an artist statement is, is a written word, you know, it's the words, written text of your intent. Your intent com can come in a couple of different ways. One can come in to finish images. It, your intent could be in the camera. You might say, you know, I've been using this uh, Olympus blah time. I don't like it. I want to get a Panasonic blah blah. You know, uh, so that that shows a clear definition of your intent in that movement. When you're working as a photographer, your photographs are an actual representation of your intent visually. But to write it down in words, that's something else altogether different. But it's really something you should practice and try to get a, a grasp of. Mm -hmm. And why is that important in an artist statement? Why is it, why is it, why is it important? Because I think that what happens is uh, we spend a lot of time in Lightroom Aperture, you know, Photo Ninja or whatever, and we're looking at our pictures and saying, yeah, I like that. I'm going to go back to this location. I really like this one. Put it over here. This is really nice. So you can see what you're doing. You can see your intent. But you're not, it's not confrontational because you are the master of what you're seeing in front of you. You know, so it's really not confrontational. When you start to write words down and you're in like that's a piece of paper or text on a screen and you're typing, now you're seeing something completely different, a complete definition. Everybody says that a photograph is worth a thousand words. Well, if you just looked at a hundred photographs, you do the math. <laughs> Need that much, but it's just to describe to describe what you do. Yeah, you know, um, I I think it as a sort of a creed. You know, well, that's that's a big word, but uh, a motto or a mission statement. I don't know. That's that's how I feel. The, these things are. Uh, what what I do actually is um, I I mix artist statement with a story. Because what happened is, uh, actually, my son almost died, I think, last year, February. And basically what that did is it really confirmed what I was supposed to do in life with my photography. So in my about page, and it, it, it also um, mixes with my artist statement, is I explain what happened. You know, the, the whole emotional thing, and especially that transformation that it happened um because my son was was put on in, in the hospital and how my photography changed and it, it it got it got more solid and i think what's great is that the artist statement is just like a sort of compass you know what i mean sometimes you lose yourself you know you you, you lose well, yourself it's you, a control point it's a control it's point not yeah, really yeah. A compass uh, you know a compass would give you a sense of direction it's true, a control true. point uh, uh, yeah. a point in the map or a point of reference that you yeah. put there yourself because let's face it sometimes you lose your way you know, and that that happens, especially I think in winter. You said, right? Yeah, for me, it's always in the winter, yeah. and then uh, sometimes in the summer and in the, in the spring too, in the fall. You know, like I'll tell you, I, I really don't like knowing what I'm doing and where I'm doing it at all the time. I like to know sometimes, but I 
surely don't like to know all the times. So I don't want to be that predictable. I don't want my work to be that predictable. Otherwise, I would send my camera with a self-timer for six hours uh, and send it down the shore by UPS. And when the guy opens the box, whoop, make the picture. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that predictable. I, wanted, I, want, to, I want to discover it. Now, the, there's a big difference in this. A lot of people say, and I read this a lot, and I don't get it. They say that they don't know where they're at. They feel like they're lost or confused. I've never felt that in over 50 years, never once. And I'm not looking forward to whatever happening. And I do things to prepare so it doesn't happen. And what that is, is I pay attention to the here and now. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the here and now, you can't be in the past and you sure as heck can't be in the future. You deal with what you have in front of you right now. Well, you know I mean? there, there's something I call the one-to-one, and it's basically however you feel inside, you try to put it outside and photograph. You know what I mean? And that helps being in the in the here and now. You see what I mean? I really, I, I mean, I really think like uh, Picasso, Picabia, you know, any of the great painters, you know what I mean, or printmakers, they can, and I know for a fact, because I had conversations with many of these people. They could take feelings and thoughts they harbored inside and bring it out to their canvas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like like Jim Dine. Jim Dine made, I mean, he made these beautiful pieces. And this stuff was, it was internal going external. Now, I don't think photographers do that. I really think that most, I think the problem is that photographers look for the feelings inside and try to find it outside. And they get confused, maybe mm-hmm you know, a little bit upset because they can't find it out there because it's a different kind of reality. But so what I, on my workshops, what I actually teach is finding something out there and how does that, how does that affect you in here? How do you feel when you see that? Not, can I find that out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the biggest issues photographers face, it's the fact that they have the real world in front of their lenses, you know, and it's reality and reality that you can recreate inside your camera and it takes over your imagination. You know what I mean? While what you're saying is basically to use what's outside for your purposes inside. Yeah, because you're not, you, you obviously are not going to find your subject matter inside. You know what I mean? No camera is that good unless you're a doctor. But yeah. if, if you got a camera and, and you're looking on the outside, that's where your subject matter is, then you have to, then it's important to know how that stuff affects you. Now, let's go back to Vietnam for a second. There's a photograph of a little girl that got napalm running down the highway. Yeah, napalm girl, yeah. Yeah, so was the photographer, I'm not going to mention your name. Nick, uh, but, okay. Uh, Nick, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm uh, name. Uh, was the photographer inside looking for a girl running down the road burning to death? Mm-hmm. Or did he respond to something he saw? That's a and good it doesn't question. have to necessarily be that. It could be walking down the street and you see something that's in your trigger mechanisms of a street shot and you respond to that and make a photograph. And then when you go back to your computer or darkroom, you try to materialize that and put everything into it. And at that point, at that point, the good shooter is saying, this was a reality outside. I have to make my reality, a new reality on this piece of paper or screen or whatever. It's never going to be what I saw out there, but it's going to be something I feel in here. 
And then because this because he went from three dimensions to two dimensions, I'm not having a conversation again. Had it too many times. So when people look at their print or look at the screen, they can adjust highlights. You know, they adjust shadow, throw some grain in, sharpen it up a little bit, crop off a little bit here, put a vignette on. That's not what you saw out there, and it's not even remotely related to what's out there. It's already something in here. Now, when you make that, you know, the whole idea is that that becomes its own reality, and then that becomes your intent, and that becomes a visual representation of your intent. Well, the, the real question, actually, that this asks is that, what you have in your camera, is it the starting point or is it the end? You know? No, it's process. It's just a piece of the process. Yeah, the that's... process is not just the camera or the computer. The process is the book that you read three weeks ago about photographers. The process is the book about philosophy you read five years ago. The process is when you were in high school, you had a problem with math. So that's creating a problem. Now be getting the interrelationship between that stops and shutter speeds. So that's all part of process that comes in. You know what I mean? Everything is part of process and how you get control of it and then how you play with it. That's what makes you a photographer. And actually, I think the, the good example is your stuff. Um, you have a whole series called Dreamcatcher, and it's um, it's like uh, otherworldly, you know, going to heaven and stuff like that. And I, I like to use this example because in real life, what's what you point your camera at is just an, an escalator, for example. You know, just women going out of, uh, on an escalator. That's the right. real life. But what you use, you, what you do is you take this as your starting point. That's your real life thing. That's your canvas. And then you create what's inside with you. And basically what you have, the final images, it's actually, well, women being born in heaven or something like that, whatever uh, right. you assign meaning to it, you know, and that's that, that it goes back to what we said about taking versus making, you know, taking a picture, it's getting a representation of what was in front of your lens, 3d to what's, what's inside your camera in a 2d plane versus making where it's really you you put yourself in there and then your intent is strong over exactly. over what that raw material is in 2d you know because i, I think i think I, I like saying this because it's it's it kind of breaks the preconceptions of people for uh, photography I, i'm like think like a think like a painter because the painter cannot just make a picture they're gonna they're gonna recreate everything by their brushstrokes, by their uh, crayons and stuff like that. And while doing that, there's a lot of themselves inside there. You oh know, yeah, absolutely. Just like, no doubt. Just like uh, Picasso, you know, he's like when he was drawing a person, he could have represented what he saw, and he actually could draw real well. But what he did is like he put it through the machine of inside him, you know, with all the good stuff. And then what he outputted was some, uh, well, they look like kids drawing for me. But whatever result that you have, you know, and, and that's why he's famous. Now, the thing about photography is the same thing. You know, you take a raw image, you take the raw world, you take it in inside you and all the, all the good stuff happens, all your intent. And then you output something else. That's when you actually make a photograph versus you just take it. There's no set rules. Yeah, there is it. And then again, there should never be set rules for yourself either. And if you start to work in a method, you start to work in a, pro a procedure, and you start to see that that is a method, keep an eye on that. And then try to break it later, come up with something else. You know, I mean, you don't always do it. I, I, it's like a, for me, breaking the breaking the thing when I do on the streets comes to uh, it comes down to uh, location. And, and crazy enough, you know, like the, the majority of my work that has been collected or sold 
The majority of it that gets shown, I mean, really, the vast majority, is on uh, a one-mile strip <laughs> of center city Philadelphia, you know? So, uh, well, when you and I were in New York, I did I did basically almost, uh, almost I, I basically did the same thing uh, up there that I did downhill. And the only thing about New York was I felt really, really congested for space. I felt like... I had a compression. There's too many people. You know what I mean? Now, I, I used to live in New York, so I'm used to that. I, I, I almost got run over by cars a few times, and, and that's why I moved out of there. But the thing is, you, you try to always look for something that's making you too predictable, the outcome too predictable. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you can either decide to keep it and play with it or to say, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to find another point of view predictability <laughs> because there's always going to be something especially in photography it's very mechanical you know what i mean you got a camera you're setting lenses jumping to pieces it's really a mechanical kind of thing now, i'm not saying the camera's a tool wooter i'm just saying the camera <laughs> is my friend <laughs> so so it gets like it gets like it, you know it gets to the point that you have to find how you can stretch things and where the elasticity is and what you're doing i think i think that is it i think that you know like if I had, here we go, this is it. Like you look at my work and, and uh, I look at my work and, and I see what I see. Uh, I just said visually, I just said in text, in words. So if I transcribed everything I just said, that could be an artist, a current artist statement because that those words describe what I am and feel about my work right now. Isn't, and isn't that what an artist statement is supposed to do? Doesn't it, you don't make an artist statement now in 15 years say, oh, I got an artist statement that I did 15 years ago. It better not be the same. <laughs> you know, it's not good if it is, you know. So basically, back to the artist statement, all the text that I just did, Oliver, that you should put into transcript for me will be an artist statement. You know how to do that stuff. No, man. You gotta oh, pay. come on, come on, come on, man. Don't, don't let me spill the beans here, okay? If I spill the beans with all these guys, man, that's oh, it. Man. You're dead meat, man. Oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Inspired Eye podcast, uh, where today we talked about artist statement, vision, and a lot of good stuff, and it was all unscripted. You happy? I'm saying that. I'm hammering it unscripted, okay? That's right. And don't forget, the next issue is coming out very shortly. Yes, uh, so please subscribe, guys, and uh, have a great weekend. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Have a good one. Take care.